Inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hour. Damon is here. It's Cofield. Here is Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. 55 plus TVs. We got NBA and college basketball rolling out. NHL. Big game up in front of us with Arizona. College basketball against Duke. Thanks to CT, Curtis Terry, for joining us for two hours. That was good. Right, Damon? Fantastic. I mean, you could have come back and been like, meh. I don't like the chemistry between you guys. Never again. Um, no, he was really good, and you're going to hear Curtis on the game tomorrow, 4 o'clock tip, 3.30, with the pregame show presented by IBEW. Local 357. And Nika, we got a UNLV football game on ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. That goes at 745 tonight, 645 with the pregame show. Reno's in. We're here in Vegas. You got Battleborn Injury Lawyers bringing this hour to you. Offices in Reno and Vegas and Henderson and downtown Las Vegas. 766-1400 is the number to call. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four Number Four Yeah, go figure Baseball on a Friday But the biggest baseball fan on the show Is actually the youngest guy on the show Damon, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this one You sent over the story about Trevor Bauer And a possible return to the major leagues Yes, Steve, possible is maybe the strongest word that we can use because it is Trevor Bauer. His agents are, you know, taking meetings with teams after he settled with one of the women in his um, sexual assault cases. There are still three other women out there that are accused him of sexual assault. But for Trevor Bauer, a lot of people say, hey, this is, a, this is an innocent, vindicated man. And if the MLB takes that stance as well as, hey, he's done nothing wrong because he's, you know, been proven somewhat innocent in this one case then let's have him back. But for me, but the biggest deal is when it comes to these sports leagues, if you want to have the guy in your league, just have him in your league. If you want to just say, hey, he's not serving any jail time so he can play for us, just say that, and your fans will still watch. This is a really interesting case because I think settled is the wrong word. Um, I think in the end, he and the accuser and their legal teams basically agreed to just kind of walk away. Um, so... Why can't he come back? Oh, is, still is, it, is it is it the the looming charges or allegations by others that would cause pause, or is it just a general reputation that he is a little unpredictable, and you could be signing up for more of this in the future? If you're a team, you could be signing up for more drama and serious drama potentially from Trevor Bauer. For me personally, if I'm if I owned a baseball team, I'd still sign him. He would he would still be in the league. So I just don't like the, the placating of, oh, but he did something bad. Let's let the facts play out because there's still three other women out there. So if you just want to take this one case as gospel that they're both just wiping their hands and going away with it and say, hey, well, that's OK enough. I don't know what the line actually should be. I don't know what the, the line actually is. But for me, I just hate that the leagues, they try to do a little bit of, hey, we care about these issues. No, you don't. If, if teams think that he can play, let them play. Right, and they especially don't care if a big badass owner wants someone who's got a checkered history, then they get him. 
and there's generally little pushback. So it does. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know this for sure, but it does seem like baseball was more in line when it came to Trevor Bauer because um, you know he could have been signed after he served his long suspension and everyone passed on it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that fell way short of expectations this year, especially in some of the traditional power markets and a healthy Trevor Bauer, whatever he is, only like 32 years old. He's not an old guy. Would be a nice get, but again, you're risking he's got to keep it together on the field and off the field. Number three. Number three. Nice honor for... UNLV kicker, Jose Pisano. He's one of 20 semifinalists for the Lou Groza Award, which goes to the best kicker in all of college football. Right now, he's 19 of 20 on field goal attempts, along of 52. He's been perfect, 28 for 28 on extra points. And keep in mind, this transfer from Missouri State is following arguably the greatest kicker in the history of the UNLV program. So they've developed quite a tradition in the last couple of years, and they've had really good kickers in the past. This would be a cool honor for a guy, and again, for folks who don't follow the, the roster machinations, Jose Pisano was Lord brought to UNLV by the one, the only, what, two-day employed Bobby Petrino. Wouldn't that be sweet justice that you bring him in and the kid wins the Lou Groza award? Best things he ever did for the best thing he ever did for the school. I mean you could argue he had it's not like mega impact. It's not like he's he's he was running the offense the entire year, but this is a pretty important part <laughs> of the Rebel season and uh, as I said the earlier board. the res, the research I mean it's massive, right? He's won a couple of games uh, down the stretch with clutch kicking when they've had games. Uh, and what, in the Colorado State game, they couldn't finish off drives. He, he kept them in the game. So he's been somewhat of major impact. And by the way, we're going to talk to the another part of that kick team because if your holder stinks, you ain't making 19 of 20 and 20 of 28. So in about 10 minutes, we'll have a conversation with Marshall Nichols. Number two. Number two. So, Devon, what's the case for the Mountain West Conference somehow getting that one group of six bid to the New Year's Bowl games now that Air Force has lost? An unbeaten um, an unbeaten Mountain West, speak, Mountain West Conference team, do you think that was the only chance they had of getting in, and can UNLV get in if they ran the table but had two losses overall? Could they move past Tulane? Well, that obviously depends on if Tulane's going to falter. If Tulane and UNLV right. both and then, have two losses, and they both win the conference championship, Tulane's getting in. I'm sorry. Maybe I can't. Right. I, can't I mean, Memphis be as could be in the running as well. You want to know? I think it's going to be West Coast bias. Why is that? Because the wet, we already see it when it comes to the top of the standings with the with the college football playoff. So you mean to tell me if you could say, hey, Memphis or Tulane, two southern schools where they could at least, you know, they're close enough to the SEC where they say, oh, man, those players that they recruit, they, they can handle, you know, playing against the big boys. The Mountain West, who's even watched them? 
Steve, I'm putting myself in the position of, you know, Greg Shanky, you know, the big boys, the people, you know, that football. The boss. Yeah, the football is life, guys. And they're not giving UNLV that kind could of Could there be – could you get a group of five team in from the Pacific time zone because no one from the Pac-12 gets in because they all beat up – beat each other up and cannibalize each other? Maybe. But I don't think they do make-up calls when they decide these things and – Right now, right now, Tulane's in a pretty good position. Top story. Number one. And by the way, in the latest CFP, uh, Tulane was sitting at 23. So Ole Miss has a really big game this weekend. They're taking on Georgia. They're in Georgia. They only have one loss. They're sitting at nine in the college football playoff. At or near the top of the rankings. If you haven't heard, Jim Harbaugh has been suspended for three games to close the season because of the sign-stealing allegations. I haven't seen if there's any legal proceedings in work to get an injunction. We'll try to get you updated on that before the end of the show. So Harbaugh's in trouble. Should Lane Kiffin face any immediate disciplinary action for the audio that came out the other day. You want to explain the story and then we can get into his comments to a player who claims that uh, not much respect was shown for his mental health issues? I, w- I want to play the audio first. Okay, do it. If you would have come here when you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you and you saying I'm not ready to talk to him. Well, what f-ing world do you live in? I don't see why you got to be disrespectful. Honestly. Get out of here. Go. Go. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. Because I'm... See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. Just go read your f***ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the push called hiding behind sh- and not showing up to work. Okay, so that was defensive lineman DeSanto Rollins, who took a mental health break from the Ole Miss football team. And he had been, seems as if he had been ducking Lane Kiffin's request to at least meet with him. All right, he missed a couple of meetings. Came in about three weeks later. I don't think in the eyes of football people that Lane Kiffin did, did anything wrong here. I think Lane Kiffin might earn mm. uh, some points with a couple of hardcore football people. Yeah, but they're wrong. They're wrong. Um, it may be within the rights of Ole Miss football to boot him from the team, but the language was unnecessary. Um, if I were the attorney, and they're asking for $40 million, the player, I don't think they're going to get that, but they will get some sort of settlement. I would kind of counter with, well, why would he meet with you if he anticipated abusive language coming his way, right? Lane Kiffin did not handle that correctly. And that doesn't mean the kid is a puss. He used the the full form of the word. It doesn't – you can't simply say, well, you didn't show up for work. Frankly, the kid probably should have had an adult rep with him or an attorney with him. I imagine he anticipated this happening, but yeah, none of that, none of that's acceptable. Kiffin lost his cool. 
and he'll probably pay for it. I know he's a you know fun-loving guy, and everyone big fan of Lane Kiffin. But I don't know. You tell me. What do you think of that exchange? Honestly, on the surface, from what I heard, not that bad. And I know that hey, I'm the young guy on the show, but yeah, people get yelled at in the real world. I've been right. yelled at at work. So for me, like personally, doesn't seem that bad. But I understand that in the perfect world, you don't want your superiors or your boss, especially with people that have that type of power over your, let's say, potential earnings, what you can do after college, you know, let's say, you don't want that person talking to you because obviously there is, you know, an imbalance in the power dynamic. But Lane Kiffin, maybe he shouldn't have said what he said. If I'm Lane Kiffin, I walk up to the attorneys. I'm sorry about how I said it, but I'm not sorry about what I said. Oh, we'll see if that'll fly. Like I said, I, I don't. I don't think it's. You know, I don't think they're going to get dinged for forty million dollars. But uh, that was not handled the right way. And unfortunately, I think that's a great example of how most college, how many college football coaches look at. And I'll put this word in there: claims of mental health issues. Because I think a lot of them believe that it's not really an issue, and you really don't have a mental health issue. You're just using that as a crutch. But you, you have no idea. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe those of us on this show are a little bit different because we've been schooled here over the last 10 years by having multiple attorneys on the show that you you got to tiptoe around this stuff, man. you got to handle it the right way. You're going to get yourself in trouble, and we'll see. Maybe there will be more stories coming out. I'll tell you, going back to the Northwestern situation, that started out as like a little freaking snowflake and what it turned into, right? Mega snowballs that went rolling at Pat Fitzgerald and, knocked him out of his job because there were plenty of players who wanted to step up and go, hey, that coaching staff was abusive, so we'll see how many other people on the program are like, hey, you know what? Lane does that all the time. Lane doesn't handle these situations right. Uh, he's too immature to be a Division One big-time head coach. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Man, so much going on around Las Vegas, and uh, we're getting close to that weekend as well. Uh, we've talked about uh, NBA outside the market with the Lakers and Clippers going at it tonight. That'll be up here at uh, TI Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar with the Clippers at 5.30, 7 o'clock with the Lakers on the road against Phoenix. Uh, you just heard in the update, we got uh, NHL going on tonight in town against the uh, UNLV football game over to Legion at the uh, Fortress San Jose, 2-10-1, taking on VGK, and a monster straight-up 550 favorite the Knights are. Damon is here. It's Cofield, Treasure Island. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar on a Friday. Let's continue the uh, preview of the Rebel football game. You'll get the official pregame going down at 645. But, Damon, we've talked a lot this week about special teams and the impact. And, you know, we heard that Barry Odom thought it was important. And he talked about James Shebest, the special teams coach, as being one of the best he's ever had on the staff and worked with, had immense respect for him. And, you know, I, I sat there in the preseason. I'm like, okay, well, it's cool. It sounds good. And then you watch it, and you're like, okay, the impact has been crazy. And Nichols is another one of these guys. Last year, he was I thought he was inconsistent. Uh, the height on his punts wasn't great. He was like top 80 in the country. He averaged 42-4 a kick. And then this year, his average has gone up by 3.7 yards. Ooh, big deal. But it is. He's averaging 46-1 per kick. 
And uh, Russ Langer, of course, play-by-play guy for the Rebels on the radio side, had a chance to sit down with Marshall Nichols and came out with the obvious question. I mean, why has your punting gotten so much better? I would say it's just like kind of a two-part deal. It's kind of just Coach Chivas and the scheme he's put me in. Um, it's a real setup for you to succeed real well in it. Great protection, um, great coverage, and just like puts me in a great position to do my job. And then also just kind of just the work I put in the off season has kind of just translated on the field. And each week I just feel more and more confident out there. Each punt I just get more and more confident. I think it's all just uh, in game reps, getting comfortable playing in games. And uh, uh, it's, been, it's been pretty solid so far, a lot more to, to do, but uh, happy with where I'm at right now. Coach Chibes said about you that you were kind of a three-stride guy. They're trying to make you more of a two-and-a-half-stride guy to get rid of the ball quicker. Is that yes. been, uh, something you've been working on? Oh, yes. It's, uh, it's actually night and day. Like my op- my operation times from last year it was not something we like, harped on a lot. But Chibes from day one was you've got to be under two seconds uh, getting the ball off. And uh, struggled a little bit within the spring, but we, we worked all summer, uh, all fall camp. And uh, this whole season we've been I'm way under 2-0 and like just been getting the ball off real quick. And it's I like it because it's given me, like, um, when I'm punting, I have less, less to think about. Like, I just kind of get out there, get comfortable, and then just just catch it and kick it. Like, it's not, over, not no time to overthink anything. But um, I feel like that's, that's really helped, too. Marshall Nichols, our guest. Marshall, I know that uh, the Raiders punter, A.J. Cole, has had a chance to get around you quite a bit. Discuss, if you would, the ways in which he's helped you. Oh, AJ coming out here is it's awesome. Every time uh, he comes out here, he's just learning from him, um, kind of just taking like all this technical stuff, and but mostly just like the mental. How he just uh, like he's he's big about just getting comfortable punting in games, and each each week he's. I mean, he said he still gets nervous out there and, and just the things he does to combat it and uh, just getting comfortable out there and just hitting just absolute bombs like he does, that's that's the goal. So uh, he broke the record yesterday. It's pretty pretty amazing to see. But, uh, Absolutely. I uh, just want to finish with this. Offensive players, defensive players, talk about the camaraderie among them. What about special teams in that regard? Oh, yeah, we... Uh, we're kind of the, the odd 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 man, man out, I guess, because uh, we don't have all this time to, to meet and all that. So we, we have a lot of time to spend with each other. I feel like we're a real tight-knit group. Um, we worked our tails off all summer together. We were out here probably five days a week getting everything dialed in and like especially like field goal operation, like getting that dialed in and uh, as well as punt operation. It's, uh, it's, it's paying dividends this year and uh, feel like we're we're real close and uh it's been good it has been good it's pretty crazy and with special teams obviously there's a lot more parts than just the the main dude on that certain unit whether it's the return person or the punter or the kicker and we pointed out not only is marshall nichols demon a guy who's averaging 46 one a punt but he's also the holder so that's that's a really important role and the long snapper has been really good Walker Harden, so everything's working pretty well. Their punt return coverage could be a little bit better. That's uh, one of the things they need to improve on, but the jump under Shebest has been insane, and uh, the, the, the old field position 
makes a gigantic difference. I mean, if you flip it you know, 20 yards uh, or if you have a 20, 25-yard advantage consistently every game, I mean, it just changes everything. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because Antonio Pierce, the Raiders head coach, was asked about that because A.J. Cole, one of the best punters in the NFL, and he said he's a part of our defense. And I think that that's how yeah. people should look at the punter as he's a part of the defense because he's setting up the defense for success by, like you said, flipping the field, getting him in that good position where the, where the opposing offense, where they're starting out on the field. How can you not look at this guy as someone who is equally as important to the defense's success? Uh, UNLV Rebels looking to go 8-2 and two tonight, taking on Wyoming, 745 kickoff. Um, listen, you bring in a guy like Shebest to coach the special teams. That means your coach is very much into special teams. You'll hear that on this bite. At the Monday press conference, I was asking Odom, you know, after watching returns uh, of punts of 59, 53, and 49 yards uh, against New Mexico, I was asking him, hey, shout out some guys. What are you seeing in the blocking for guys like DeJesus and D'Angelo Irvin? Who's doing a really good job? I thought we did a nice job on the on the outside on at least you know Thomas Anderson on one side, uh, Walden on the other. Uh, two guys you know that that on one return for sure they held up their guys on the outside that that were able to usually that's where your first initial threat is from on either having to fair catch it or or play it clean and get a return. You've got to get yourself a little bit of time and and they did uh, throughout the throughout the game. Um, also, you know, inside one of their rollout punts, Fred Tompkins had a chance. He was so close to blocking it, um, because he had really good get off on the snap and was able to read which direction it was going. And, and he was, he was inches away from getting a block. Um, so those three areas really on the outside and then pressure inside on one of our blocks, I think helped us as the game went on. Uh, in what they were trying to do, protection, and then we were able to counter with with a holdup on the line of scrimmage. And again, you look at it was pretty cool to look uh, after it was over. There's there's drills that we do every single week in in our punt return unit on on the individual time that we get for that, and it looked just like it did on Saturday on the techniques uh, on the line of scrimmage, down the field, the techniques that you use, and then you get within you know, certain yards of the, of the returner, what, what then you've got to transition into. And uh, some of it, I know Coach Chivas will use as a clinic tape because they did exactly the carryover from the week in practice looked exactly like a game day rep. So it's exciting to see our kids end up taking that, uh, what their tools were and are, and then applying it in, in a real-life game situation. Barry Odom on the return game, which is – Giving them big dividends. Come on, I might have asked you this before. Did you like playing special teams in high school? Yes. Well, no, you, you never asked me, but I like being a gunner on punt return, yeah. All right. Punts. The crazy thing with the Rebels is not only, well, they expect some of their starters to play on special teams, and this year's team, arguably the best guy on defense and the best guy on offense they both play special teams. So they are rolling the dice a little bit because they feel it's so important. But, yeah, Ricky White got shouted out as a guy who's on punt return teams. And I'll tell you what, Jackson Woodard has made some big hits as uh, the leader at linebacker on the defense. He, You can tell he loves trying to whack people on special teams. So that's how dedicated they are to this whole thing. They take it very seriously. 
And also, what you mentioned about whacking, they're whacking people. It's just fun sometimes. <laughs> it's fun when you're just running. And that, that was the one time that I've ever just stopped on a football field because someone said, watch out, and I thought someone was about to block me into oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> I watched, and I'm way behind on it. I'm trying to catch up. I've been watching Last Chance U because I got intrigued by the stories of that Jason Brown dude who was at Independence and Steve Kim, our Monday guest for football and, and fights, is buddies with him. So I got through the two seasons of that, and then I started the fifth season, and it's Laney College in the Oakland area. And I know, again, I'm way behind on this. At the beginning of that season, they play game one. There's a hit on special teams. I was like, what? Like, I don't know how it wasn't a penalty. It was so freaking hard. Like, he, like they knocked the dude out, and his helmet went flying. It's awesome. By the way, for people who haven't watched those shows, um, it, it finally hit me last night. Those shows possess what Hard Knocks has lost. Like that's, I feel like that's what Hard Knocks used to have a lot of, is Last Chance You in terms of the behind-the-scenes stories and, and the really unedited language and meeting room stuff. Uh, that's a, that is a great show. I can't wait to watch the, uh, I think there's at least one season, if not two, on college basketball. So coming up, we're going to go through uh, some of the important games in the National Football League, and then we'll do it again with Patrick Burbert, who works here at the book, at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Remember, this is one of the great places around town to watch F1 next week, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They've got watch parties all over the joint, but you got to reserve your spot. A lot of the spots are reserved, but the parties are going to go down. Watch parties from uh, 8P to 2A, so make sure you hit up Treasure Island and Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar if you're down here. Take advantage of that free parking, valet or self-parking, and ask about partying and watching F1 next week at Treasure Island. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. We'll go behind the counter. In just a couple of minutes with Patrick Burbert here from the TI Sportsbook. Go through some key college football games. If you didn't hear, uh, Jim Harbaugh not going to be coaching on the sidelines. I keep saying on the sidelines. Not going to be coaching on game day with Michigan and Penn State unless the courts interject something. Uh, so that's the latest with that sign ceiling scandal. And I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of torn on this one, Damon. If... I think if Michigan doesn't fight it, that means that the Big Ten has a lot, a lot, a lot of evidence. But if it's not great evidence, I would be shocked if Michigan doesn't step up here and go, no, 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 no. We're going to hatch this out, and we're going to court, and we're getting an injunction. How do you think it's going to turn out? I think that they're going to do this. I want to say that this is the conference doing this self-imposed penalty. You know how when, like, you guys mentioned, you guys joked about it? Oh, no, no. Actually, I heard this when I was listening to Q last night. You know when the team, they'll suspend a player like they did Jim Harbaugh, well, a coach. Oh, we'll suspend you from the sidelines for the first two games where you're playing cupcakes. You know, but this is, you know, this is the thicker conference schedule. I don't think that they want to have to do this, but if it does blow back on them, it's like, hey, we at least did something. This is a weird explanation from the Big Ten. Quote, this is not a sanction of Coach Harbaugh. It is a sanction against the university that under the extraordinary circumstance presented by this offensive conduct best fits the violation. Okay. That sounds like they're lawyered up, ready for a fight. So I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. 
I mean, in the game, I, I think Michigan's going to be fine. Uh, they obviously, this is not unfamiliar to them, as you mentioned, played a lighter schedule to begin. No offense to my school Rutgers. No offense to our school locally here, UNLV, as you, you give, the, uh, give UNLV some love there. But this is a mess. And I'm actually shocked they're doing it during the season. I think this is going to turn out to be really, really, I'll keep using the word mess, messy down the road. So that's it. Are you more fired up for college football this weekend now than ever or uh, the NFL slate? I think college football. Why? I do want to see what happens with I want to see what happens with Michigan. If they lose Penn State, that'll be fun. Alabama, Kentucky, I think that could be a good one. Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is good. <laughs> I mean, Lane Kiffin. Wouldn't that be a hoot to, yeah. <laughs> to really screw up the CFP by knocking off Georgia at Georgia? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I think, what, was it nine and a half, I think I saw? Uh, last I saw it was ten and a half, but we can get it up yeah, there. Yeah, but, you know, but so obviously they're not, you know, no one expects Ole Miss to win. But if they could, you know, maybe that offense, this is, this is the offense that Georgia's defense isn't ready for. Maybe they get off to a hot start. Maybe. Maybe. Ole Miss um, didn't get annihilated by Alabama, but really didn't turn on the offensive spigot in that game. Uh, let's do a giveaway here. 364-1100-364-1100. Every Friday we give away a Porta Subs tailgate party pack. It's a six-foot classic sub from your neighborhood sandwich shop, Porta Subs. Uh, 364-1100, caller 7, caller 7, 364-1100. The winner also qualifies for the monthly giveaway. It's a Yeti cooler. Uh, this is presented by Porta Subs and by Finley Volvo, Las Vegas. Again, 364-1100, NFL slate. I will be at the game between the Jets and the Raiders. I will be tailgating during the day. So we'll see how that goes. And if I'm upright and clear-minded during the game, I will try to be. are you going to be. the tailgate? Um, you know, I'll have to give some information on the way back. There's a big, a big Jets tailgate with WFAN's Brandon Tierney. He actually did text me earlier, and he said, are you rolling by? So we had the question early in the week. Uh, it's a few shekels to get into the tailgate. So are you rolling by? Does that suggest I'm in free? Or he's just trying to build up the bankroll, and I have to pay too? If someone said, think? are you rolling by, and I came and they expect me to pay, I'm furious. Well, Don't talk to me again. Um, I will not be shocked. I'll just say that. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, offices in Reno and downtown Vegas and Vegas and Henderson. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. Make sure you dial 775 in the north. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Patrick Berbert's going to take us through the book side of things we go behind the counter here in just a second but uh we're clearing out our great shows that we're giving away here on lotus broadcasting uh one more giveaway three six four eleven hundred the scorpions are in town uh early next year uh tickets went on sale today ticketmaster.com scorpions love it first thing bach theater planet hollywood we'll tell you uh about ticket availability, but Devon's going to hook you up right now. 364-1100-364-1100. Caller number seven. All right. I just asked him on a couple of minutes ago if he was more fired up about the college weekend or the NFL weekend. I was more fired up for NFL until some of the stuff came down with Jimbo, with Harbaugh. So give me your take on this. If this does hold, 
and he's not coaching on the sidelines, are we going to see a rush tomorrow to bet Penn State? Has there been any movement at all? It was four. It's at four and a half. The market's been pretty two-way balanced, that four and a half on this game. Obviously, Mich- uh, Michigan's looking to seek a court order to get him back on the sidelines. I don't know how effective they're going to be with that. Last week, Penn State, they were cruise control against Maryland. I don't, they didn't look like they were looking ahead to uh, Michigan this week. Drew Aller all year, he's been efficient, but I struggled to move lot, the ball a lot of times, especially against good defenses when he played Ohio State. And these are two top ten defenses playing each other right here, but same goes for Michigan. This is their toughest test yet. And I don't know if Harbaugh is going to be a big distraction for that Michigan team on the sidelines or not. So they might be a little flat coming out of the gates here. I think the opposite. Uh, the fact that they already dealt with this for four games early, they already have the systems in place to you know, have people take over for him. I don't think they've, because they're going to try to fight it, I don't think they've named a, a head coach in his place. I think they're going to be jacked up. I think they're going to look at this, you know, us against the world. But I, I will tell you, you, you blew by pretty quick the Penn State-Maryland thing. I think Maryland's good. And, you know, I'm from that area, and I hate Penn State. I hate them. And I know that between Rutgers and Maryland, those states are prime recruiting areas for Penn State. And I think James Franklin, he's always had the mode that I'm going to destroy these guys. I'm going to demoralize them to show kids. Don't go there. If we want you, you come here. So that's a that's a hell of an out, offensive output, and it wasn't UMass. Does that mean something to you? Is it, like, is it finally clicking for Penn State, or are we just gonna, you know, say that oh, Maryland sucks? I don't think Maryland sucks. I I would agree. I, I I just think we're gonna see a lot of regression that we saw from Penn State offense hmm. last week. Here, I I don't think they're gonna be able to move the ball as well against a good Michigan de- defense here, and. Penn State's an underdog, home underdog in this game, and they haven't won one since 2017 as a home underdog. They're own four straight up. So, huh. all right, I know you're going to the Wyoming game, uh, UNLV game tonight at Allegiant. Hopefully, a good crowd's going to show up. It's a busy night in town with VGK going at it as well. This number's been all over the place. Yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't the peak five and a half. It opened at five and a half. Sharps been buying it down all week. Game settled in at three right now. You're seeing a lot of two-way action on three, so there's really no sharp side to this game. Setting at the number on three, I think I think UNLV has really turned their program around. They have a freshman quarterback who looks pretty good. Ricky White was added to the Blitnikoff Award this past week on the watch list. He's he's looked great. He has six touchdowns over his last four weeks with 557 yards, so it looks pretty good. And UNLV is sixth best in the nation in converting third down, so. Look for them to be able to move the ball on Wyoming a lot tonight. It's going to be power football because, uh, as I've mentioned throughout the week, every time I've watched UNLV and Wyoming, and I mean watched them on the field covering them, and it's only been two meetings, man, Wyoming plays really physical and brutalizes them. I do think UNLV is up to snuff physically, but that's it's going to happen in the trenches, and whoever's able to run the ball and set the tone, I, I think he's going to be in the lead in the game. Colorado showed some life, and they've shown some life in the fourth quarter. Now they got to show life in the first three quarters. I feel like Arizona, and I'm a big Arizona fan, and by the way, DeMond and I have a weird bet with Arizona and Colorado. We have a two-year win total between the two football programs starting next year because I'm very high in Arizona. But I don't know if I'm this high. Minus 10? By the hype. Uh, this freshman, wow. th- this freshman uh, quarterback that came in for the injured Jaden Deloria, um, Noah Fat- I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Fafida. Yeah. 
I mean, he looks like a Heisman contender out there. He's he's three straight weeks he's beat <laughs> <laughs> three straight weeks he's beat ranked opponents. I mean, he's just torching these defenses out there. He he looks really good. He's uh, he's poly. Uh, Kyler Murray. That's what he looks like out there. He's small, but he looks like he's fast as hell. He's got an arm. He's got instincts. He's really good. Yes. All right. right. I'm also not a big fan of Pat Shermer, and he took over the play cool. Hey, wasn't that weird? That, that, was, that was really weird. What a desperation move. Yes. All right. Oregon's up to, what do you have, Matt? I saw 16 a couple hours ago against USC. We're, we're at 16 on that game. As we know, Alex Grinch is out as the defensive coordinator in USC. I don't know how much of a spark that's going to be for their defense because, as we know, their defense hasn't been great all year. They don't have the players to be good on defense. I don't know if it was a play uh, scheme for their defense that were making them that bad, but it can't be any worse getting rid of him. So I, I think this is a lot of points here. Obviously, Bo Nix and that Oregon offense, they continue to roll week after week. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Pac-12 championship game. But this is a lot of points. The USC has an offense that can go toe-to-toe with anybody, so... If, if, if I'm going to take the points, I mean, I got to go USC here because Oregon, I think, will win this game, but I don't know if they'll get enough stops to be able to cover the spread. Uh, NFL, Germany, again, back-to-back weeks. Colts and Patriots. First of all, does Vegas like the international games, especially these games that are kicking off at you know 6.30 in the morning? Does it hurt handle? It does hurt handle. The handle is significantly less than the afternoon and the morning games. But you talk to people nationally, and I know even internationally, right? Does that 9.30 a.m. start Eastern time sort of? I mean, you guys are an independent book, so it doesn't affect you. But I wonder if overall the books are like, yeah, let's do it, man. More early morning games. We get the day stretched out even longer. Probably for them. I mean, obviously brings more handle throughout the day, whether it just be um, sports betting or other casino revenue, depending on if your sports book's in a casino. It- reach out to other departments but the handle for the game is significantly less than yeah. compared to any other games all right what's going to happen here well where are the betters this game actually opened up patriots minus one and flipped uh, markets at one and a half two we're at one and a half minus a dollar 20 on that game um, mac jones he he doesn't look good out there the organization seems to be growing a lot of frustration with mac jones and the colts with gardner Minshew, he's one of the best backups in the league shane steichen's a great offensive mind to coach the Colts' defense is not very good, but I think they'll be able to get enough stops against Mac Jones and his atrocious Patriots offense. What's the uh, betting split on the Ravens and the Browns at six and a half? The the number hasn't moved, I don't think, since the beginning of the week. People betting the Browns at all? Yes, we're seeing actually great two-way action on that game. All right. We're sitting at Ravens six minus three quarters, but like I said, we're getting great two-way action on that game. I think that this game is going to be a lot closer than the market implies on this the Browns are a top three defense in the league, and Cleveland's got a front eight that will cause um, a fit for uh, Lamar Jackson and company up there. Lamar Jackson obviously struggles with the deep ball, and so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a problem getting the ball down the field if they can't establish a run game. Bengals six and a half against the Texans. Joe Burrow is so back. He, he, looks, he looks good. Obviously, you could just tell in the beginning of the season his, his injury was lingering. It was bothering him. As we know, T. Higgins is doubtful this week. Jamar Chase is questionable, so that can definitely um, hurt hurt him a little bit. And he's going against a quarterback in C.J. Stroud, who is just breaking rookie records left and right. He looks he looks phenomenal out there. Jaguars. What do we think of the Jaguars? What do the Sharps think of the Jaguars? They're getting three at home against the Niners. Uh, Niners bye week last week, right? Yes. Um, as we know, Kyle Shanahan's great off a of bye. His team always seems to turn around after the bye week. 
But the Sharps and the public are both on the Niners here. They can't stop betting it. The market doesn't want to move to three and a half, though. So everybody's juice, whether it's a a dollar twenty or minus three nickels, they they don't want to go to three and a half because once you go to three and a half, everybody's going to start betting the Jaguars. Then this is this is going to be a really good game. Jaguars have really hit their stride. They're in their peak. Obviously, the 49ers need to turn it around. They've had three straight losses, and if they want to still be in that contention for an NFC title, this is a must-win for them right here. We'll hit a few more games, but we do have to mention F1 Week is coming up, and I know you guys have parties probably in every space here that you can hold a party in. So what do you guys have planned? Uh, Basically, what, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, right? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. We're 100% booked to capacity, so we're we're expecting a lot of – F1 fans to come in. We started working on all our uh, props and uh, uh, wagering that we're going to be offering. Uh, those are going to be open either Sunday night or Monday morning for us. So, We hear about the international uh, race crowd that it's a high flute and bunch, right? This is a big money event. Do you guys you guys have confidence to go, you know, we're going to raise our limits a little bit. Let's take big money. What do you do? I think it, it, it's a it's a go with the flow type of thing. We'll have to see what type of betters we're getting, um, who we're getting in here and, and things of that nature. Obviously, that's that's things that we, we, we can talk about, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Lions three against the Chargers, back to the NFL. You like the Lions this much? It opened a pick. The Sharps quickly bet it up. We're uh, sitting at 2.5 minus $1.20 on that game. A lot of the market is at 3 on that game. Um, Lions are off a bye. Chargers are one of the most inconsistent teams in the, in the NFL. Obviously, a coaching matchup here between Dan Campbell and Brandon Staley. Dan Campbell is levels above Brandon Staley coaching-wise. Detroit Lions get David Montgomery back, so that's going to be a pretty good backfield. Allegiant, the bounce back after UNLV and Wyoming. Jets are in town. I think they're going to have a lot of fans here. A lot of J-E-T-S, blah, blah, blah. You're right. Uh, We know what the chant is. Um, I don't think the Jets can beat them, though. And I don't love the Raiders from a talent standpoint. I don't like them at quarterback, clearly. But Zach Wilson, I'm just – I was done uh, five minutes after Aaron Rodgers went down with the Achilles, and I've been so done since – yeah, they do, Sharp, can, do Sharps still bet on the Jets? No, the Sharps side on this game is the Raiders. Yeah. We're sitting at uh, one on the Raiders on that game. The Raiders made a coaching change. They went with Antonio Pierce. He was a player's coach. It looked They looked phenomenal in their first game with him. They went with Aiden O'Connell. They gave him a shot. I think he's going to get better week after week. The team seems to be high on morale right now. You saw Devontae Adams. He was at a the college basketball tip-off at T-Mobile, and a referee went up to him and started chit-chatting with him. And Devontae Adams said, things are looking up over here. So it seems to be that the team is in good spirits now. And last one, we got about uh, 30, 45 seconds left. I actually I love this part of the season. It's a little bit early, but uh, generally the last five weeks of the season, you start seeing monster spreads, like teams that are, hey, they got the eye on the future. Sharps are taking the Giants, right, plus 17? Well, they won't I, even bet. They won't even bet plus seventeen against the Cowboys. No. So the sharps are on anything under seventeen. Bet up to seventeen. Once yeah. it got to seventeen, you started seeing the sharps. Good. All right. What would you bet in the game? I gotta bet the Cowboys here. You got Tommy DeVito, quarterback for the New York Giants. He should be flipping burgers at Wendy's. I would fire back with, "Well, you just wait until Jacob Eason and Matt Barkley are." It's the same thing. How much better are those guys? Probably not much. So better. we we know what the Giants are doing. It's going to be a they're going to make an effort. Players, when they're on the field, are going to play hard, but they're going to minimize with personnel and maybe play calling. They're going to minimize their chance to win to make sure they get a you know one of those top picks. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, what else should they do? 
Yeah, they, they got to go for Caleb. Right? Are you going to fight hard to win five or six games or make sure that you're sitting down at two? All right, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. 55-plus TVs. The betting kiosks are open 24-7. The uh, book is open right now. A uh, big, big weekend, and then ne- next week even bigger with F1 in town. That's Patrick Burbert from Treasure Island. Good job, James. Good setup. Excellent job, Damon. Thanks a lot to Curtis Terry, who did two hours with us. Stick around. Keep listening to ESPN Las Vegas. We'll have Rebel football coming up in just a little bit with the Ted Weens UNLV football pregame show at 645, and then kickoff. Rebels and Wyoming. Rebels a three-point favorite. That goes down at 745 right here on ESPN Las Vegas. We'll see you.